Welcome to the Wander Learn Show. I'm your host, France Tapp. On this episode, I have brought back Robert Hahn, who appeared first a couple years ago in the Wander Learn Show, talking about avalanches. It was a fantastic episode where you really learn not just about avalanches, but about Africa and a whole lot of other stuff. So you want to go back into the show notes and check out that episode. But now we are interviewing him with his wife, who he met in Madagascar. We talk about Malagasy culture. She's a bit shy uh, after I interviewed her and said, you know what, can you take my name out of it? So we don't want to mention her name. But what she says is very revealing about Malagasy culture. And of course, Robert chimes in and shares his perspective as an American. It's just a fascinating discussion. I hope you enjoy it and share it with other people. Don't forget to join my Patreon group at patreon.com slash ftapa. We met online in 2019 um, and didn't actually meet in person for another six months. Um, I was in the middle of my avalanche forecasting season and so we started up a serious relationship after a, a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, I met her in Antananarivo in August of 2019. And you got married when? Uh, March. March of 2021. And now you live in Washington State? Yes. In the United States. What, Naisa, when you first came to the United States, what surprised you? Just like for like lunch, is that was already like sh- uh, very shocking to me because in Madagascar, like lunch is supposed to be like a familial thing and uh, workers come back home during lunchtime and um, we just share lunch with family we have big meal that we cook during the morning and here lunch is just like a snack and uh, people just eat like peanut butter with like it just yeah it's it that was like I really had to adjust a lot with that it took me probably like a, a whole year. Yeah, and something that was really shocking to me too uh, as a woman is in Madagascar, like men hit on, hit on you. Like you, you, you have like 10, at least 10 men a day hit on you in a daily basis, like every day. And uh, here in the US, they don't even look at you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, first I, I thought I was like, wait, I, I'm... I'm not attractive for this country or what? Like, uh, but then, yeah, I realized that men are just so respectful mm-hmm. toward women. And I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, I really, I really like that way. So, R- Robert, um, how many women did you hit on in Madagascar? <laughs> <laughs> not very many. <laughs> not very many. But... You didn't like uh, adopt local practices? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I bring my my U.S. respect towards women <laughs> when I when I travel. So, so what shocked yeah. you when you went to Madagascar? You know, I, I'd spent uh, 27 months in the Peace Corps in Uganda. So when I was actually in Madagascar, I think the differences were were more subtle, but there were a lot of differences. Um, I think one of the the most surprising things was just how. Um, how close knit the extended extended families are, um, particularly in the villages where pretty much everyone is related. Uh, that that was the case in Uganda, but it's even more. I mean, every every house 
um, within a certain radius um, is genetically related um, in, in most of the villages in Madagascar. Um, I think another thing that, that surprised me was um, just how far removed from the grid um, a lot of these rural villages are. Um, you know, even in 2017, there were people, you know, who had never seen a smartphone or, you know, didn't own a cell phone of any kind, um, had never seen a picture of themselves, um, and, Never, um, never been in a car. We've yeah, exactly, really... exactly. And, yeah. um, you know, some of the, um, some of the su superstitious elements of the culture were, were stronger than they were in, in. Uganda, um, the religion hadn't, religion had penetrated, but it, it had allowed for um, some of the, the local religious pra practices to, to coexist. Actually, per perhaps the most surprising thing for me was to see national highways where they, en they end up being a hiking trail because there are so many bridges out that you simply can't drive a car efficiently on these highways. Um, some, some of them still can be used by a car, but you really have to be intrepid to want to actually use this as a car. There's a, usually a person with a bock. A bock is a, basically a floating, um, a bunch of floating jerry cans with a wooden planks on it. And somebody hand pushes this raft across a river outlet um, and gets you to the other side. And so there, there was one national highway that I took um, going t between the, the areas of Tamatave and um, on the East Coast, which is a main port city, heading northward um, to uh, the vanilla growing region in the Northeast. It, took, it takes two days to take a four by four along this road to Mananara and it takes uh, the, the particular section I'm talking about, it takes three days to walk. So there were sections where I would actually pass the vehicle and the vehicle would pass me. And, you know, it, it was it was one of those things where I thought about take, taking the vehicle and then I decided I would be a lot more a, a lot happier just walking. And I, I was very glad when I saw people throwing up off off these things that I'd chosen to walk. <laughs> What surprised you, Naisa, about the uh, the way that the men and women treat each other in the United States couples versus the way Malagasy couples treat each other? A, a couple in the U.S. really work as a as a team, whereas in Madagascar, it's kind of like uh, women do this and uh, men do this, and people uh, a couple in in the U.S. really um, share like. Uh, doing fun together, fun activities together, which is really rare to see that in a couple in Madagascar. Um, it's usually like men have men do have like social life and uh, they, they 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 usually do like a soccer, play soccer or play something, play like cards. And the women like if a woman if a woman do that, it's it's not like it's not like well viewed by the, the society like she she's not really uh committed to to her household because she's expected to do stuff like really 
dedicate her life to the household and raising kids. So a couple really don't don't share anything fun. It, to me, if I were a woman in Madagascar, I would rather be with uh, in the American culture. It sounds better, but that's maybe because of my cultural bias. What about for, um, do you know Malagasy women who prefer the way Malagascar culture is, the Malagasy culture is, and would say, you know, even if they had the option of living the American lifestyle and the way you described men mm -hmm. and women, even if they had that option, they would rather have the Malagascar way of doing things. I, I personally don't know, uh, like an example, but uh, I think, uh, but maybe like just because they used, that's all they saw, and they, they would prefer to 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 stick with that, but uh, um, maybe there 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 are like I, I I prefer to to have an activity. For example, me personally, I do dance and uh, I I have uh, yeah I have like social life. I prefer that. Yeah. I think a lot of Malagasy's in general would struggle coming over here just from a motivational perspective and productivity perspective, you know, they're very comfortable in this sort of laid back, relaxed sort of life. Mm -hmm. They can do their their chores, their daily routine. But if you if you got them into the higher pace, higher stress situation uh, in the U.S., they would struggle. Fadi is a really interesting one that's kind of unique to Madagascar. Um, it's um, it's it's part of the tra traditional superstition. Fadi means... The things that you're not allowed to do. Forbidden, yeah. Mm -hmm. So these can range from wearing red um, in certain parts of Madagascar to eating goat or in most of the country... Um, eat, eating pork. E eating pork um, or dog. Dog is really a... That one is, that one is a serious no-no. Even, even to... Um, Compare someone to a dog would be one of the biggest insults in Madagascar. Um, but the really funny one for me was that salt in certain parts of northern Madagascar cannot be sold at night. And I was preparing for an overnight trip into Marujeji National Park, uh, where you can see um, a large white sifaka, uh, certain lemur relative, and. I, w I was preparing around 6 p.m. in the tropics. The sun sets right around 6. Went to the local store, the only game in town. And I showed up and they said, we don't have salt. And I, I went back to my guide and I said, yeah, they, they, we can't get any salt. This is this is problematic for... And he said, oh, yeah, it's, it's Fadi. You must have arrived after, after the sunset. And uh, sure enough, I went in the morning to the same shop. Up. Oh, their salt. <laughs> so it, it's it's a really interesting thing, and you know they didn't they didn't try to explain it. They just, you know, there 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 was there was no look on their face like something strange had occurred. But from my perspective, it was incredibly bizarre. Um, so yeah, Fadi is 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 definitely a major part of the culture, and and particularly in rural areas, it's it's um, it's quite prevalent. What are some of the U.S. fatties? Because, for example, in the United States, we also, unfortunately, don't eat dog either. <laughs> <laughs> it was really surprising me the way Americans 
American people treat uh, dogs like like part of their as part of their family, and uh, yeah, it just like it's not allowed to to our house, especially in my uh, the my uh, hometown. We're really not allowed to to have dogs in her in our uh, house. That's that that's just like fuzzy. And uh, yeah, we would we would never kiss them, and we would never let them uh, eat in our plate. Like that's like no, 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 big no. Um, and uh, also, some something that shocked me here was actually like telling someone that they've gained weight in Madagascar is a big compliment. That's like a compliment. Um, but here. <laughs> Don't you ever say that to someone? <laughs> so yeah, that that fortunately I never never say that to someone. But yeah, I've noticed that you, you even just like uh, talking about someone's physique is not really allowed here. But in Madagascar, we do that all the time. Oh, you've gained weight. How? Oh, uh, tell me your secret. You know. So that's like a good thing there. But here, it's not. Uh-huh. Is saying that you're skinny or looks like you lost weight is that an insult? Um, it's not an insult, but it it doesn't make the person feel good. Yeah, because like uh, losing weight is uh, it it just not well viewed in Madagascar because it people assume that your your uh, lifestyle or is being decreased or you're not eating enough or you you're sick uh yeah so yeah that's why yeah and you know the the two things that naisa's mom really wants out of me are to keep naisa fat well she's not fat <laughs> but to 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 keep her you know a, a little a little on the uh, heavier side because that that tells her that i'm feeding her well mm-hmm. and, and that you're treating me well mm-hmm. uh-huh. and the and the other thing is she wants me to get her pregnant <laughs> because she wants grandkids um and i failed in that capacity um, you failed on both <laughs> right i failed i failed, failed on both really so uh you know i i think with the kids you know Mostly, uh, Naisa's mom is really trying to get Naisa to to move forward on that front. But uh, <laughs> you know, if I bring if I joke about the subject, uh, it's not a joke for Naisa's mom. <laughs> How has the culture in the United States about body shape influenced you and the way you look at yourself? I'm, did before you met Robert or come to the United States, did you Naisa think to yourself? I want to get fatter, I want to get fatter, I want to get fatter. And then you came to the United States and said, oh, no, I'd rather now get thinner and thinner. I don't know. Uh, I, no, I've always been comfortable with my, my body. And uh, I never let people influence my my view on that. So, yeah, that that didn't really affect me. But perhaps I want, I want to get stronger. And that, I think, is influenced by the... Uh, um, yeah, but why I see because I, I I usually hang out with like super uh, fit uh, yeah people so that like make me oh I want to be stronger but uh, not really like the weight not I yeah that doesn't affect me. 
What about the future of Madagascar? How do you guys look at the future? Right now, it's one of the 10 poorest countries on the planet. Do you see that changing in the next 10, 20 years? It's a tough question. The, the country is very mildly democratic and its leadership is teetering on the edge of authoritarianism. Um, corruption is really in, entrenched um, to the point that it's very difficult for NGOs to operate. And the ed educational system is one of the worst that I've encountered in the world. The, the, the growth rate are, is going to mean that the economy is going to grow, but the question is, is it going to develop beyond a resource extractive economy? Um, and and will, it, will it tap into the energy of its youthful population or will that youthful population and probably growing unemployment kind of serve to destabilize it? And I think, um, I think it's going to be very hard to predict that at the moment. I do think that the, the stability in the country is its biggest asset, um, but that stability doesn't extend to all corners of, of the country. This southern Madagascar is, um, is stricken with, with persistent famine um, in the southwest where um, overgrazing and, and rainfall have limited um, limited opportunities for, for agriculture. Um, and so, you know, nutrition is a major problem. Um, a lot of the people in that, in those regions are moving into other parts of Madagascar and bringing their overgrazing practices, which could lead to, to a destabilization of areas of the North. Um, but overall, I, I do think that, um, Increased access to the outside world, increased access to more globalized ways of doing things and a desire to improve will start to lift Madagascar. But whether it lifts it faster than, you know, the other countries in the bottom 10 is, is hard to say. I, I don't I don't see a rapid uh, shift from its current position, but I think that I think that in 50 years, Madagascar is not going to be in, in the in the bottom 10. You said something that's kind of depressing and, and telling for somebody who's so well traveled as yourself when you said that the education system is one of the worst you've ever seen. Give me an example and an anecdote of why you believe that. Yeah, the, the first year or two I traveled, I met a lot of Peace Corps volunteers in the country. They they are struggling to really get basic literacy uh, in English. And Madagascar struggles because it's teaching people French and the local population wants that, particularly in tourist areas, wants to learn English because that that's where the increase in visitor numbers is, is coming in. Speaking of, of romance languages is very rare in Southern Madagascar. They can't find enough teachers for English and French even. And uh, just, just, getting, just getting a language that can interface with the outside world is very challenging in, in many parts of Madagascar. So that's why the urban areas that are connected with infrastructure 
and things like that are accelerating. Um, and I, I think doing relatively well at the, at the moment, uh, but there's a huge urban rural divide. And so just from a large town to an area even five or 10 kilometers away is night and day. Future of Madagascar, what do you think in 20 years? Do you think it's gonna be in the bottom 10 economically? There's like a lot of work to do. I, I think we need to be more productive because we really, we're, we're not productive at all. Uh, I mean, like Madagascar people still take siesta. So, you know, like the, we need to increase our uh, um, hours of productivity and we need to work hard um, and, uh, yeah, like, like, let's start with that. We need to, 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 um, to change our behavior and, uh, yeah, being more productive. And, um, yeah, I, I actually think like, um, the, uh, the language is, a it is, it is an issue with the education because in Madagascar, the course, the courses, the lessons are in French, not even in, in Malagasy. So as, as a result, students need to both learn French and learn the yeah, lessons. So it's like two, two tasks, like it, it makes it really difficult even for them to understand their lessons because it's, it's not their native language. Um, I mean, the, the good thing with it is we, we're very good with French, but it's, it, it really like delays our education. And that ends this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about, go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F Tapon. That's my first initial and my last name. F Tapon is always my social media username. My website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it four, review it, and five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.